Hello and welcome to this episode of the Service Accommodation Property Podcast. Today's speaker is the one and only Mark Homer, co-owner of Progressive Property. He has a property portfolio worth in excess of $37 He's owns, controls, manages well over a thousand properties. He is one of my mentors. Please enjoy this keynote talk to my mentees, the one and only Mark Homer. Welcome to the Serviced Accommodation Property Podcast. This podcast by Kevin Paneskis, also known as the Property Soldier, covers all aspects of serviced accommodation and how to make it a profitable and sustainable business. Kevin started investing in property in 1991 whilst serving in the British Army and now owns a multi-million pound property portfolio and serviced accommodation business and is a best-selling author. And now your host, Kevin Paneskis. Hello, hello, good afternoon, good morning, even. <laughs> okay, so uh, relatively informal. This is a, a mastermind session uh, whereby I think Kevin's asked you to sort of get your questions together. We can discuss various different themes, service accommodation, any development questions you've got. I've developed properties that go into service accommodation. Um, sort of bigger buildings, apartment buildings, uh, commercial to residential often, uh, capital allowances, tax, all that stuff. So who wants to go first? And uh, we, we can get started. <clears throat> Hello, what's your name? Hello, Helen. Morning. Okay, so Boris resigned about 45 minutes ago. Well, said he was going to, and, and then he's apparently staying till October or something like that. Um, <laughs> uh, Gove resigned last night, so I, I don't know quite what all that means. There's a consultation started, I think it was last week, into service accommodation, and it's relatively generic at the moment. I think a lot of it's been driven by maybe seaside towns and areas where they're, you know, they're sort of ghost towns. Um, you know, lots of people live away, live in London. Um, I, they, they were talking about giving certain areas uh, the ability to say that, you know, they wanted to have sort of planning, uh, insist on planning consent, that sort of stuff. It doesn't mean it's happening. Uh, and I suspect uh, it's become even less certain uh, as of last night, yesterday. Um, uh, in addition, uh, the regulation will definitely, you know, that'll, that'll increase. I mean, you know, there's a huge gap between um, six-month AST-type accommodation and service accommodation. So, but I think we all expected that, really. Uh, it'll be around fire, it'll be around health and safety, probably licensing, that sort of stuff. But you've just got to expect that to happen, uh, and you just make your properties compliant. I mean, I... When they first started talking about licensing here, we started with HMOs and then it spread to single lets and now there's a consultation out which basically says all single lets will be licensed across the whole of the uh, across the whole of England and I think Wales. Yeah. 
So that will all happen, I imagine, but you just sort of get on with it and do the stuff. And you've got to do all the fire stuff anyway. Uh, and if you don't and someone gets hurt, you're in a load of bother anyway. So it's quite good that I feel like some of, you know, at least have inspected it, do you know what I mean? And uh, there's a report there which, which probably helps you, yeah. Um, was that the sort of regulation you were thinking about? Or? Yeah, and yeah? Um, kind of the effect, the effect of council tax increases on the rent-to-wear SA model. Well, I, I mean, certain areas they... Do you mean council tax increases just on sort of nightly rentals um, as part of this? Yeah. So I read an article that Wales are inc yeah. increasing the council tax um, by around 400%. Yeah. Um, do you think that would Have they actually done it, though? Or I'm is it not consultation? Sure. I was just wondering yeah. whether that would make rent to SA viable. Yeah. I mean, I, I imagine what, what my understanding was that it, this is very localised. So I think in areas of Cornwall or maybe, I don't know, bits of... Brighton or, or wherever they're getting really upset about this, they may give them the power to do something like that. Um, if it's a second home or something like that and it's not on a six-month AST. Uh, but I don't think any of that's set in stone. I mean, yeah, council tax could go up. Um, actually, you know, it probably should be on business rates. Um, so... The council never wants people to get onto business rates. Uh, yeah, well, they, they sort of say that and then... Um, Kevin and I talk about this stuff a lot because you know, with HMO, it's all a bit of, uh, it's just a mess really in terms of what, how, how the council tax banding should work. Um, they've sort of initially said, well, you know, if, uh, in, a few years ago the position was if, if you didn't share facilities, um, then, uh, or, sorry, if you did share facilities and there was no sort of kitchenette, uh, in the bedroom, then you just pay one council tax for the whole lot. Um, then there was a, a case that went to a VO, VOA tribunal, and, and now they, depending on which area you're in, uh, decide that some HMOs are banded individually, some are not. Um, and now someone in Parliament said this is the, against the will of Parliament, and they're going to maybe bring a bill in to sort of row all that back again and, and make sure that HMOs are sort of banded at per house rather than by the room. So the point there is it's, whilst we often think of sort of laws in this country being nationalised, actually um, stuff like that with council tax and, and rates, it's just all a bit of a mess and, and often there's ways of making your individual property fit within a certain box and just sort of cracking on, if you know what I mean. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't take it as rote that that's going to happen. Uh, and if it does, what's that? I, you know, you'll, you'll probably, um, I don't know what'll, I mean, with the rooms, you, you get some single person discount. Um, so we, we get to take 25% off if they get banded individually. There'll be ways to deal with it, you know. It's not here. Just plan for what you can deal with now, because there's always, every month, there's a load of stuff like that. Uh, and newspapers, they, they want to print it, because obviously that's what gets your attention. Um, and maybe 20% of it happens. 80% um, just sort of goes by the wayside. Or if it happens, it, it's not quite as you know it, it seemed. And then there's another way of dealing with it often. Hi, Mark. Hi, morning. What's your name? Uh, my name's Mick. Hello, Mick. Hi. 
Um, yeah, I couldn't obviously have someone like you up on the stage and not ask, what is your uh, sort of hot tip in the, ne the next big investment opportunity? I, d I don't really do hot investment opportunities. I'm sort of quite <laughs> old-fashioned and uh, I just... Well, I what do you think could be the next big opportunity that most people sort of don't know about at this point? I don't know, because I don't look for that stuff. I, I, I look for stuff that I feel like works for 20 years and 25 years, you know? Um, yeah, I, I, I don't focus, in fact, I don't like it. I, I don't like stuff like that, you know? It's sort of against the way I think, you know? Okay. That's um, not the answer I was hoping for. Yeah. But. <laughs> it's, it's also the truth. Yeah, no, fair enough. <laughs> um, I'd, maybe, maybe, maybe some of the cryptocurrencies are going to become cheap enough. Maybe, um, obviously, inflation's picking up. Um, I, I, I went to a um, sort of big golf pro am in Ireland uh, the last couple of days. I just got back last night, and uh, I was there with a bond trader. And um, those guys are often sort of ahead of the news cycle, you know. So. Um, he said, well, inflation's done, it's probably peaked. That's what he said to me. The next story is recession. Um, who knows? Um, the point is, the CPI is pretty much at 10%. And in the next three years, you, you can reasonably expect inflation to be something like 20%. So the pound in your pocket is going to be worth 80p in three years' time, probably. Um, any debt you've got, um, devalues by the same rate. Um, so um, lots of people will be worrying about higher interest rates. You know, it's a, it's a valid concern, it, you know, that, that's the important bit. Um, but, you know, if you can hang on to stuff and, you know, get a little bit of debt, um, that debt's going to be worth 20% less in three years, probably. Um, so th it's just, you know, people sort of worry about interest rates going up and you must must look after the cash flow and be able to sort of pay your your mortgages at higher rates. It's really, really important. But, you know, if you can sort of reorder your portfolio to take advantage of this period, um, you know, AST, six months, I, I looked this morning, uh, Greystar, a huge North American uh, residential investor, got several billion uh, of, of buildings that they manage. We, we took a loan out from uh, this facility that they use, so I've been watching them. Um, and yesterday, they, they, it was in the paper, they've allocated a load more funds to buy residential because they're relatively short, short leases. You know, they're sort of six-month ASTs. You can increase the rent um, relatively easily, 5% a year, something like that. So through an inflationary period, which we're going to be you know, experiencing over the next few years, um, and especially with serviced accommodation, which is um, <laughs> infinitely variable, isn't it? Um, you know, th that, that's what quite a few of them will be putting money into versus office buildings like this that are on long leases uh, and have quite sticky rents that can only be reviewed every five years. Do you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so this is probably quite good for the inflationary period. Of course, you know, there's those that will say, well, people can't afford the rent, but there's a massive supply shortage. Um, serviced accommodation in the right areas and, you know, normal residential, a huge supply shortage. And we're putting rents up continually at the moment. You've got to put them up. Um, and you've, you've, because, because, of course, you can only then put them up 5% a year. So you've, you've got to sort of stay in line 
Um, I used to just let them drift, but I don't anymore for that reason. Um, so, yeah, I, I suspect with some of the, the not, 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 not the sort of licensing, not the requirements to adhere to, you know, fire safety standards and, and the other regulation um, sort of elements that we were just discussing. I suspect if there is, uh, if there are planning changes and you need to apply for, uh, for planning consent in certain areas, because I, I do not think this will be a national thing, I think it will be uh, by council area, um, you, you would almost always get what are known as grandfather rights. So if you get your service accommodation up and running and it's rolling on the date where they say you need planning consent in this area, well, it's, it's too late, it's immune to enforcement action and you can just continue running it, do you see what I mean? So um, th that is a definite reason to go and get your service accommodation unit set up um, if anything happens, you know, it's in your area. Hello, Mark. Hello, Mark. <laughs> um, have you got any tips for the speeding up uh, the process for commercial lending? It just seems to take months and months and months and months. And, and, and also, yeah. when it comes to PGs and yeah. trying to negotiate how much those PGs that you're signing away, because yeah. it's all well and good having yeah. LLPs and limited companies, but at the end of the day, they always want your PGs. Yeah. So it's kind of pointless, I, I feel. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I, I, I don't really have a way around the, it is, it's like watching paint dry. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm always nervous about doing purchase. In fact, I'm just doing a purchase this morning of three properties which we've had an option on for years. And, you know, they're, they're, they're really cheap. Um, we had a 10-year option on them, you know, and, and it's, it, 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 it'll work. But um, I'm a bit nervous because I'm going to purchase it with one of the big commercial vendors. Uh, and I, I just know the vendor's going to you know, get a bit upset. The, the, way, the, way to, the way to fix it is to, to buy it cash and then refinance, unfortunately. Um, if you can get a, a sort of credit line from someone or maybe use some personal loans or, or whatever, get some cash from somewhere, just, just buy it with the cash um, and then refinance. Because, yeah, like you say, I mean, you're so lucky to get one through in two months, but often it just takes six and yeah. you just, there's just pieces of paper going everywhere and just nonsense and nothing going on, yeah. Yeah, the absolute, I, it's just how it is. Yeah. 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 Well, the absolute kicker as well is that you end up paying for the valuation fee and you can't even reclaim the VAT, and yeah. then you're paying their solicitor's fees as well. And again, you can't reclaim the VAT on this. No, no, yeah, it's, it, it's really annoying, but um, I, I don't really know a way around that. In terms of the PGs, it's, it's very lender um, sort of centric. So, uh, and, and actually speeders as well in many ways, but... Um, I use Lloyd's for a few reasons. I've used them for sort of over 10 years now, so I've got you know nice rates and all that sort of stuff. They'll, they'll sort of put me through to stuff. They won't push the loan to value as far because they, they, you know, they stress the hell out of the rents, often calculated on capital repayment and then 190%, but they haven't asked me for a PG since I did a development loan. In fact, I'm not even sure they asked me for one then. They just never even asked me. They never asked me for Rob, one. I remember Rob Moore signing a 10 million, uh, well, no, yeah. a, P, a PG for the 10 million yeah, loan that, or something. That was, a <laughs> that was a development loan. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. oh, yeah, they drove over to the office. 
two solicitors and kicked me out of the office and sat there and he's just, <laughs> just smiling away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, that was a, a, a big development funder. Um, oh, yeah, but actually it wasn't 10. It was, it was 1.8. The loan was 10. And they, because uh, you, you can often limit the PG. Yes. So that's yeah, sorry, one, yeah. one way of dealing with it. Yeah. So you can, you can sort of say, yeah, yeah, fine, I'll give you a PG, but can we make it 10% or 20% of the loan? That can be quite a good. And some of them, some of them will go and in, get into those conversations, and some of them will just say no. Um, it, it's often about debt, debt size, debt quantum. Mm -hmm. So if you're just, I don't know, buying a little buy-to-let with a commercial loan, some of them will do it, but they'll, they'll want to charge you you know, five or six percent, and they'll, they, they, they're not going to be happy to negotiate on much stuff. If you can package um, a few together, i.e. remortgage re a few of your existing ones, or if you can um, buy a few cash and then refinance them, so they're all on one loan, then the, the, the conversation will change on, on the rate. You, you could go somewhere like Lloyd's or maybe RBS or Barclays, but I, I prefer Lloyd's. Um, and you cannot, if you can get to half a million, they'll usually then change the rate. The, the, I mean, they won't ask for a PG anyway, but you know, they'll, they'll change a lot of features. They'll go to their boss and sort of start discussing stuff because it's worth it because they can earn some money out of it. Whereas if it's a little 150 grand loan you know, and they're only earning three over base or whatever, it's, they just don't earn very much out of it. So they, they, they don't really want to do it. So you end up then with a Shawbrook or a Oldmore or a, I don't know, Hampshire Trust or something paying seven percent. You know, right. um, we, we, I, yeah, it's not. I I, I I I used to do that, but I, I much prefer now trying to just package them together. Um, we, we'd we'd have some stuff with Barclays, um, but I usually go to Lloyd's and and then I just keep piling stuff in onto the facility. Uh, right. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. And um, and giving giving them more and more and more. Okay. So I that that yeah. I, now, obviously, they all got themselves into trouble in '08, um, and you always need to be mindful of that. I don't think we're anywhere near that, and I think there's all these stress tests still, and the, the the government haven't completely taken the wheel. I know they relaxed something a few weeks ago, didn't they, with uh, affordability, which I think was probably fine. So, but but they will get themselves into bother again. It, it will happen. It, it, it might be several decades away. And when they get themselves into bother, that becomes your problem as well. So they'll find ways to tell you they want you to repay them. Do you see what I mean? So um, I, I'd always try and have three, probably, but maybe don't go much more than that, if you see what I mean. If you've got three relationships, you can then, when it goes wrong, if, if I mean, co-op got themselves into a terrible mess, and it was probably... 2010, 11, 12, quite, quite a bit afterwards. And, and they, they came around here and basically said, you're going to pay us back and we're going to change the rate and all this. And you know, we had a, we're on a fixed rate and they, they put it up. Um, and I told them they couldn't. And he said, I can. I've got an Evershed solicitor sitting next to me telling me I can. I'm just doing it. Um, take us to court and all this sort of stuff. Um, and they just made life really, really difficult. Um, they didn't demand the money back in three months like some of them. Um, but it was just a reminder, and I've seen it. You know, RBS, I had a mate here, they, they said give us six million in three months, all that sort of stuff. You, ju you just need somewhere else to go, another home, you know. So 
try and I would try and create those relationships if you've got long-term debt, um, because it becomes a lot easier, and they'll they'll flex, change rules, reduce rates, PGs. Whilst they might still want one, they'll. Um, that was a conversation I had. Synergy. That was another one. They they were going to do uh, one of our a big block we've got. Um, it was probably more than I wanted to pay, but it wasn't a bad rate. And they said, we want a PG. Um, and I said, oh, you know, oh, yeah, I'm not sure about that. You know, I'm not, I've not signed one of those, well, not with a term loan for years, you know. Um, and then quite quickly said, well, we'll take 10% PG. Do you see what I mean? To, to, to reduce it somewhat. So, um, yeah. But you always, I see, I see what you're saying. You're, you're putting your stuff in. LLPs, I presume, yeah. because it's serviced, is it? Yeah, so yeah. part hotels. Yeah. To, to yeah. Which, which is probably the right thing to do. Do you put them in your own name? Um, you could do that. Maybe it doesn't look quite as professional. And yes, you've got to think about the lender, but you, there is a bit about thinking about if something catastrophic happens in the building and them coming after you personally. Yeah. 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 Whereas the, the LLP will obviously shield you. Right. Yeah. yeah cool. So it is probably worth using the LLP and, and you want to use the LLP for capital allowance purposes. Yeah. And also rather than the limited company because if it was in if it was in your own name and you're above the VAT threshold then you I don't know how that works. You you, you register for VAT personally. Yeah. So that can be dealt with in the same way. Right. Yeah, we we used to be Rob and I used to buy everything in our own names and we used to we were VAT registered personally. Um, and we had serviced in there and yeah, long term. Because the, the, it worked for, for, for tax purposes. And then what I was doing every year was just getting all these capital allowances on, I was doing it on serviced accommodation, I was doing it on, I was doing it on some HMOs, because, you know, I still don't know whether you can or can't claim them. We had a huge HMRC investigation into it and we had a showdown with them and we were arguing case law and they were arguing about some case law that was more relevant and our advisors were saying it was a higher court that had decided you could on HMOs. Anyway, in the end, we sort of negotiated in the middle and they went away. Um, so I, d I don't claim it on HMOs now because I don't want the grief, but you can definitely claim on the, the circulation areas, the bits between yeah, the apartments in, in apartment buildings. And if it's a serviced accommodation, you can claim it on everything within the um, all areas of the apartment building. Um, but yeah, we, we, were, we were claiming on all of those and then offsetting all those capital allowances against rental profits from single lets, service, the whole lot in our own names. And we were offsetting it against the profits from this training business it, because we were drawing them out of an LLP and it was, it was beautiful. And then George Osborne came along and did section 24 and he ruined the whole thing, which um, some people might say was Sort of, I don't know. It, it, yeah, it really ruined it. So, um, yeah, but yeah, serviced in an LLP is great, isn't it? I, I, I yeah. Who knows what they do in the future? You don't know. Uh, you, you, you can sort of see the direction of travel. I mean, when Gove got into the, I'll call it the Ministry of Housing, it's got a long levelling up name, you know. Um, I did get a little bit concerned because he, he tends to go in with a shotgun and, you know, I don't know if you saw what he did with all the developers over the big blocks. And, um, but, you know, now it's all just back into 
you know, they're going to do nothing, aren't they? Apparently there was um, 38 ministerial vacancies this morning um, of all the major officers of state. So um, I'm not really sure who's running what at the moment today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and, and all, he, all Boris is going to do till October is party and enjoy himself now, isn't he? He's just going to... I mean, what is he actually going to do till October now other than just go around enjoying himself? He, that's what he says. He's, uh, yeah, that was the... I mean, I don't think the statement's out yet, but that was... Yeah. Hello, morning. What's your name? It's Scotty. Hi, Scotty. Hey, Mark. A um, little bit of a provocative question, maybe. Yeah. Um, or naughty. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'll leave it down to you. Um, when the plans come back for your M&S conversion to apartments... When the what, sorry? When the plans come back. Plans, look, yeah. As in architectural plans. Yeah, yeah. And it showed 99 apartments. Oh, yeah. Did that really piss you off? <laughs> that it wasn't 100? Well, there's actually two commercial units on the ground floor. So technically... It's, it's 101. 101. <laughs> so it didn't piss you off? Do you know, I'd wrangled with them for 18 months. Um, because I tried at first for something like 130. And then you go in, you know, you have meeting after meeting. And, oh, we don't like this bit down here. Take that away. Oh, you know, and then the conservation officer gets involved and he's like, oh, you know, this, there's tunnelling effect here. Take a floor off there. You know what I mean? And then, the, and then he's not happy about the view to the cathedral and pull that back. And then the head of planning got in and said, well, I'm happy for you to go up higher. Exactly the opposite of what the conservation officer said. Uh, but I don't like... There's not enough light in this area, so I want these apartments to go. So we were sort of going like that yeah. all the way through. Um, and we'd, we'd gone from, yeah, maybe 125, 130 down to about 65, 70. Obviously, they don't really do the numbers. They just go, we don't like these, and we think you should do that. Go away, redraw it. So, of course, the, you know, and then the, 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 the sort of head planning officers looking at it, and she said, no, I don't want apartments any smaller than 50 square meters. So then you lose a few through that, you know, and all. So we're constantly going like that. And we took them away and then we started putting a few back on again because <laughs> we just did. Um, and, and then we, yeah, and then we sort of got back to 99. So I was actually, I was quite pleased. Do you know what I mean? It didn't, it didn't really bother me. Yeah. But it's 101, yeah. <laughs> Hi, Mark. Hello. It's Jay. Hi, Jay. So you're obviously involved in all different strands of property, but yeah. what kind of excites you now? Uh, is it the commercial conversions? Are you bored of the buy-to-let? Um, is it build-to-rent or build-to-sell? Um, I suppose what excites me is making money and uh, finding stuff that works, do you know what I mean, at, at a given point. So the commercial conversions around here, um, build costs have gone up a lot. You know, the buildings haven't really got any cheaper. So, you know, I'm, I'm just finishing one off now. Um, I haven't got other stuff pipelined at the moment. But this, this always happens. You know, you just sort of move into your other stuff that, you know, is pretty good. Um, I, you know, a lot of stuff for me now is about efficiency. So, you know, we, we have this portfolio that's rolling and there's continual inefficiencies that are you know, sort of sprouting and growing, yeah? And, and my job is to sort of weed those out and then um, fix them, yeah? yeah. Um, so you've not, you've not got bored of the buy-to-let and moved on to the commercial and... 
no, don't want to go back? No, no. I, I, I like scale. Um, so I, I, I'm not so into buying individual properties because, um, you know, it's probably better use of my time to try and do bigger stuff. What, what I, I, I don't find them very often, but what I'd love to do is, is, is buy portfolios of individual sort of single lets. Yeah? yeah, sort of do 30s, 40s, 50s, um, more and more of those. Um, I'm, you know, I'm doing more commercial now. Um, we just let a unit to our sort of college. They're going to teach T-levels in there. It's right in the middle of the town centre. Um, but I don't you know, I find it all sort of interesting and, you know, but it's got to be sort of profitable and work. And what that is changes over time, you know, with sort of various things. Um, obviously, we've just been through COVID and serviced accommodation became, you know, a bit of a dirty word for a short period. And then there's all these workers, you know, all these sort of contract workers, and then it sort of became good again. Uh, and sort of now, I suppose it's recovering, sort of going back to normal again. Hello. Hi, Mark. Hi. Um, Mikey. Hi, Mikey. If you had the time again, what would you tell a younger self to do sooner rather than later or any learns that you have now with your insurmountable amount of knowledge you have in the property game yeah what would you what would you say to a younger self get buying houses now um uh, you know as early as possible just start earlier um and and have multiple streams of income and that that would be serviced accommodation that would be single lets and would probably be hmos probably be those three that, that you know, I'd get myself doing. Um, you know, the, the income will pay your bills and look after you, but the capital growth will make you wealthy. And you know, over a, a long period of time, um, you know, it's a virtual guarantee that you know, over multi-decades, you will make a lot of money if you have your name on the deeds of a good chunk of, of property. Uh, and then you keep, you know, you, 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 you need to be, remain very careful and reinvest and, and make sure that you're agile because, as we know, the government, I used to think, you know, these are the rules, these are the tax rules. And, you know, over the years I've realised they come along and they change a load of stuff. Often it doesn't make sense. Uh, often you're trying to rationalise, just sort of going, but they've, you know, done what to the tax system? And all that's going to do is push rents up and reduce the number of rental properties. And you realise that actually you need to just stop focusing or expecting them to be logical uh, and just reset your sale to make your business and your portfolio work in the new environment. And that, that's about being agile, agile, constantly learning, constantly reading. Um, but, I, you know, the earlier you can start with this stuff and buy and because lots of people are doing rent to rent, which is great to get started. Um, you know, and I think, you know, it, it gets you cash flow, it gets you income and all that sort of stuff, but do that as a stepping stone to then sort of purchasing and getting yourself a really good rump of property and then scale. You know, do it on a, a really, really good, you know, big scale and then move to self-management. Hi, Mark. Henry here. Hi, Henry. Morning. Hi, yeah. Um, so just wanted to know, when you do your blocks, um, your yeah. commercial to resi, yes. what percentage do you do um, for service accommodation? Um, well, you know, in more recent times, I've had in my blocks mainly just HMOs and um, single lets because this area here within our town centre, I've 
done better out of those two strategies. So I'd have just done a sort of handful of serviced accommodation. I wouldn't do a block because of the location that we're based in. Um, but you know that will change massively as you move around the country. Um, so I'm not, you know, Kevin would do more serviced accommodation than I would. Yeah, uh, I, I wish I could, because I love the capital allowances. Uh, <laughs> um, but um, you know, it, I, I'm here, uh, and I'm. I, I used to buy all over. You know, I'd, I'd buy further away, and we have got you know chunks of stuff half an hour, forty minutes away. But I, I tend to buy everything around here now um, for management because we. You know, obviously, it's all about management function and also what they're good at managing. And they, you know, they're constantly single let, service accommodation, sorry, single lets, HMOs all day. Like they do manage service as well, but it's not as big a strategy around here. Okay, cool. When you, you say they, you mean your own, your yeah, own letting agency? Our own yeah. letting agency, yeah, down there, yeah. Cool. Um, so I'm in Southampton, which is great for SA. So yeah. would you look to do kind of 50-50, so 50 single lets, 50 SA? How I would you...? Uh, I, I, yeah, it's difficult for me to say yeah. without sort yeah. of understanding the dynamic. You, what you, just on that point about being agile, you need to be, be able to reverse out of the strategy that you're in uh, and pivot into, you know, doing more or less, you know, if, if, if there's an issue. Sure. Um, I think there probably would be, if you, if you did 50-50 and, I don't know, there was some draconian tax or legislation that came along, it wouldn't be very hard to just let all those as furnished flats, uh, you know, as, as on ASTs. Um, so, yeah, I, I probably wouldn't have an issue because the backstop's not, you know, such a problem. We discussed there having stuff in LLPs. Obviously, it's, it's not going to be great holding... Um, flats which um, are let on a six-month AST within, you know, uh, within a company that's, uh, or, sorry, within an LLP uh, because of Section 24. You can't offset all the mortgage interest against the rent. Yeah. Um, however, if that happened and for some catastrophic reason Airbnb became, I don't know, illegal or something happens, just whatever, you know, being able to pivot... You could, um, you, could, you could use incorporation relief uh, to uh, incorporate the LLP and, and, and then switch it into a limited company without some draconian tax. Um, and I think you could get around the stamp duty as well. But just, just think about that, the entity that you're buying this, this, this building in. If you're going to do part and part, you're going you're to want to put them in a limited company, I think, rather than an LLP. Whereas... I don't know, it might be quite nice to have a block of serviced accommodation, the whole lot, put it in LLP and then just wash all those capital allowances through and then use sideways loss relief. Sideways loss relief, is it still maximum 50,000 or is it 100 now? There's a limit, I don't know, it might be 100,000 now you can get every year and just offset it against everything else or your other income. Yeah, cool, perfect. It's a major benefit. Okay, one yeah. more question. Um, yeah. With the recession coming up, yeah. and obviously um, you and Rob going through 2008, what do you see the biggest opportunity in property when there is a recession and a pullback in the market? Okay, so recession is not guaranteed. No. Um, it's just, uh, and, and you know, I suppose the expectation is maybe a light recession, but of course that's not guaranteed either. It could sort of pivot and move. You just need to be ready. Um, usually, if, 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 if there's a light recession, I don't know, maybe property values come off a little bit. 
Uh, but when stuff goes soft, that does create good buying opportunities, really nice buying opportunities. So you can often increase your portfolio, buy a lot of stock, you know, get, get more units for service or for your other strategies. Um, I generally, you know, you, you'll be able to see that the banks, they'll suddenly start pulling the loan to values back in a big way. And that will be a self-fulfilling prophecy, you know, that the values will then probably drop more significantly. And if, if, if you get into that mode, you, you, you probably don't want to be too acquisitive because it takes a while for them to, you know, it can take year 18 months for the prices to, for, to drop. You know, the stock market, it can happen in a day. Usually a stock market crash is all done in a month, isn't it? Um, you know, property, it, it takes a year, 18 months, something like that. Uh, but I suppose the most likely scenario is it, it drops a little bit, it goes soft, and therefore vendors, it's harder for them to sell stuff. That then creates deals. Um, but I, I, it's not a guarantee. It's all about how much the Bank of England put interest rates up. Um, and, you know, at the moment, the market thinks that UK um, base rate is going to just about three and a quarter percent by this time next year, which is a huge increase. You know, it's a two percent increase uh, from, from one and a quarter now. Um, but it's not a guarantee. And as growth reduces, you know, they'll keep putting interest rates up. And as growth re reduces and, and, you know, potentially turns negative, or they can see that coming, um, you know, there'll be calls from Downing Street, from the Treasury, from, you know, and they'll, they'll come under loads of pressure because the last thing, and maybe Boris isn't that bothered anymore, um, but the last thing the government want is a, is a dirty recession uh, with a load of unemployment um, and all of the issues that stem from that because, um, you know, that, that'll almost guarantee that uh, they won't be in government next time, um, you know, when the next election is. So um, I, I suspect the Monetary Policy Committee will probably chicken out and they'll, 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 they'll go to a level, growth won't be able to, to handle it, and they may have to accept a little bit more inflation. Um, they certainly want to inflate some of this government debt away, don't they? Yeah. Hi, it's Mick again. Um, Hi, Mick. Hi. Um, yeah, just another quick question. Um, in terms of business, personally for you, um, yeah. what's been your single sort of biggest win? Um, what's been your single biggest mistake that you've made? Uh, I, I, I would have thought my biggest win would have been meeting Rob and, and starting uh, Progressive. Uh, when, when was that? Oh six, end of oh six, um, and then you know we've had you know we've had some great times sort of along the way. Uh, I don't know. Biggest, I don't know what the biggest mistake is because I try not to think in those terms or regret stuff. Uh, one of my biggest issues was, uh, you know, in more recent times, beginning of last year, um, I started a big project. The main contractor went bust. Um, I had 70 men on site, and he just rang me on a Friday afternoon and he just said, we're going into administration. You better secure your site. There'll be angry contractors there. There'll be, you know, all this sort of stuff. Um, you know, I had water pissing through into a trading supermarket, um, you know, just demolit, you know, diggers all over the place, you know, all that, you know, and I'm, obviously I'd not run a building company before. Um, I'd always used a main contractor. Um, so I'd set a building company up. Um, you know, I took on a team 
to, 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 to build that building myself and started rehiring all the subcontractors. Um, and then within a month of sort of rolling with all that and persuading the bank that even though I'd not run you know, a, a building firm before, to let them run a building firm to deliver this project, to get them to lend the money, they agreed to do it. Within a month of that, I had Boris on TV saying, um, everyone's got to stay at home and you know, basically it looked like all the construction sites were going to be shut. So, I mean, that was really, you know, and I just thought I've got, I've just taken out this development loan. It's like, I don't know, nearly 10 million quid. Do you know what I mean? And all the interest is rolling. I don't the interest, the interest got really heavy. Um, I think at, yeah, peak it was, yeah, it was about six, 600 grand a year. Yeah, so it's 50 grand a month. Um, so, um, you know, and you imagine, I, I, I was sort of watching TV just thinking, um, <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget that Nicholas Sturgeon and Sajid Javid telling him to shut all the construction sites. Um, you know, because, you know, I thought, well, how long does this go on? What about this bloody vaccine? What happens with that? You know, is it, is it six months? Is it a year? Um, anyway, so we, I just came in every day and, and just got up really early every morning, just got in here, just beasted my team. They all came in every morning and we just sort of carried on. Uh, and um, I was on site three or four days a week with my hard hat on and my boots, just going in all the rooms, just letting them all see that I was watching what they were doing every day. Um, and we just, yeah, we just ploughed on through and thankfully they, all, they kept it open and HSC were great. We had a COVID outbreak and, a, you know, they did a big inspection with the Public Health England and the environmental health and all that sort of stuff. Um, and we, we, got all the, we got them all tested every morning and all this complete chaos. Um, and, um, yeah, so that, that was, that really focused the mind through that period. Um, yeah, but I don't know, yeah, I'm through that now and... Um, Buildings full, refinanced, all that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, just um, I don't know. You, you 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 sort of learn a lot more about yourself and other people through periods like that. You know, uh, where you really got to focus. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Mark. Last one. Um, in terms of, obviously you've got Freddie and most of us in the room have got kids. What tips and stuff are you setting up for Freddie um, to pass on like your wealth to him or if not at all? Or what, uh, and also how, are you, or how do you intend to teach him about investing and um, bits and bobs like that? Any top tips? Yeah, so I've been taking him on site and uh, he's only three, but he's... Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, got, I got him in there on, you know, when we'd started that site and he, he was rolling around at, I don't know, 18 months, two years, just, you know, I, I didn't take him right. I took him into the site office and all that. Gemma started kicking off and getting upset. And <laughs> sort of, I, I um, but he, um, I, I got him in the site office and all this sort of stuff and um, started really trying to explain to him how it works, obviously in very basic terms. Um, I, um, I, 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 I want to get him a house and I want to get him um, renting rooms out in a house because my, my friend's dad did that with him when he was 18. Uh, so he took a house, he refurbished it. Um, his dad put the deposit down, I think, and sorted the mortgage out. And then he had to pay the mortgage himself with the rent he got off the tenants in the house. So I think that's a, a really good sort of way of um, sort of getting them rolling. 
Warren Buffett's got some great videos on teaching kids how to invest. You know, some really good principles. Um, there's, um, I'm going to start getting him into sort of earning, um, you know, uh, little sort of tokens and coins from me for doing stuff and getting the rewards from investment. Um, I can't really get him doing it. He, at the moment, he just sort of thinks it's all funny, you know? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just three. Um, um, yeah, what else have I been in? I suppose it's sort of quite early days, you know, in, in terms of, you know, he's just three. Um, um, I want to get him flying and stuff, but that's all been banned as well. Um, John won't let me. I take him to the airfield, you know. He watches them all take off, but that's it. Yeah. Okay, so hopefully everybody enjoyed those words of wisdom coming from Mark Homer. Um, so, Mark, very busy man. I know you've got to get back over and manage all the stuff that you've got going on, but can I get a massive round of applause for Mark Homer, everyone? Thank you for listening to the Serviced Accommodation Property Podcast. You can also follow me on social media and YouTube by searching The Property Soldier. Also check out my website, www.propertysoldier.co.uk, where you can learn even more about property investing and serviced accommodation.